0: Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host who proves you don't have to be a fanatic to be fit, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Week before last, I looked at a list of reasons that you may be having difficulty if you're trying to lose weight. Last week, I looked at 15 tips to overcome the dif- the reasons that you might be having difficulty losing weight. So if you're interested in a little bit of weight loss, you might want to check out those two episodes. This week, I'm going to ask, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If so, it just might be something you ate. Now, I know most of us, when we think of something that we ate, we think at that time that you just couldn't resist the gas station sushi and your system paid for it for days. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the consequences of a less-than-optimum diet. And one of the effects of a less-than-optimum diet is chronic inflammation. Now, let's do a quick uh, physiology lesson. Your inflammation is the way your body deals with an injury. Most of us have, have twisted an ankle, and it swells up nice and big and red and gets hot and is very painful for a while. That's your body doing all the physiological things that allows that ankle to heal quicker. And in an acute case like that, inflammation is a good thing. However, if the inflammation persists for months, years, or your lifetime, then it becomes a bad thing. Matter of fact, chronic inflammation diseases are the most significant causes of deaths in Mm. the world. And some of the things that are caused by chronic inflammation, um, type 2 diabetes, 30 million people in the American population have type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease. It's the number one killer worldwide. It's responsible for one out of every three deaths in the United States. Chronic inflammation is also um, responsible for hay fever. And most of these allergies are not life-threatening, but they lower the quality of life for you and COPD is also generally caused by chronic inflammation. Now, is all chronic inflammation caused by what you eat? No, it is not. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things. Uh, you could have a infection, a protozoa, a fungi, something like that, that just, it's a parasite that won't go away. Um, you could have, um, you could have inhaled something where you work. You could have gotten a foreign inherit, irritant that won't go away. It could be an autoimmune disease, um, such as like rheumatoid arthritis. However, for most people, the the biggest reason that you have uh, the the chronic inflammation is a poor diet and lack of exercise and possibly lack of sleep although some studies think that lack of sleep is caused by the chronic inflammation so that one's a real tough one to to pin down but generally poor diet And uh, lack of exercise are the number one contributors to this chronic inflammation. Some other things that can cause that can add to the chronic inflammation is just simply aging. You know, as we get older, um, you start to get increases in inflammatory molecules. But your diet can help improve that. Obesity, um, the fat tissue actually produces inflammatory molecules. Um, smoking is a cause of inflammation, and stress and sleep disorders are causes of inflammation. But the one we're going to concentrate on today is your diet. And to put it plainly about the diet, um, you pretty much need to eat anything other than the standard American diet. Um, And there's a reason that the initials, and I'm sure they picked this on purpose, but the reason for the initials for a standard American diet are sad, because it's really sad what this diet does to you. Uh, A real good one would be the Mediterranean diet. There's a lot of other ones out there. You need to eat more fruits and vegetables. You need to eat more fish you need to eat more whole grains and legumes, you need to eat less sugar, you need to eat less processed white flour, and less grain-fed red meat. And I'm going to try to look at a lot of those things. The first thing I want to look at is the fat that you consume in your diet. And most of us, when you hear the word eating fat, you just cringe because you've been told that fat is bad. You shouldn't eat fat. But even as I said back in episode 11, fat is not a four-letter word. Well, that is unless you're really, really bad at spelling. But anyway, you desperately need fat in your diet. Every one of your cell membranes, and you've got trillions of cells in your body, and they're all like just a little bubble, and they're surrounded by a double layer of fat. And if you don't have that double layer of fat, you can't have cells. If you can't have cells, you can't be alive. All of your nerves, or most of your nerves, are wrapped in a layer of fat. And this is not an insult, but your brain is mostly fat. So you really need fat, but you need the right kinds of fat. You need healthy fats. I'm just going to do a quick overview of fats saturated fats and you know you get into a lot of complications and stuff I'm going to generalize so don't get too picky if I if something falls outside the generalization however saturated fats are generally the fats that at room temperature they're a solid you take butter out you set it on the counter it doesn't turn to liquid therefore it's a saturated fat Um, if you take um, a chunk of fat off of a steak and you leave it laying there even at a higher than room temperature, it stays a solid. So these are examples of saturated fats. Usually they come from animal sources, and usually they are not good for you. There are some minor exceptions of this may be better than that, but let's just say you probably want to stay, limit your amount of saturated fat as much as you can. There's trans fats. Those are fats that would normally be a liquid at room temperature, but they've chemically altered them to make them a solid at room temperature, like margarine, and these are, and I really hate to vilify any type of food, but these are evil. They're created in a lab. Don't eat them look for anything that says hydrogenated any kind of oil on the label and if it's got it don't eat it Uh, unless you're in some kind of life or death situation that's eat it or die from starvation avoid that stuff as much as humanly possible and then there's the unsaturated fats these are generally the ones that are liquid at room temperature and most of them are polyunsaturated fats, and you've got omega-3s and omega-6s, and I'm not going to bore you with the chemistry of them. However, we eat a whole lot of omega-6 acids and not a whole lot of omega-3 acids. Some research says that the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is ideally one-to-one. In the American diet, we eat about 15 grams of omega-6 to every one of omega-3, which is way outside the optimum range. And the higher mm-hmm. the ratio of 6 to 3, they've also found that it increases, and I, this is a big word, I like to get to use big words, acridonic acid in the cell membranes. And those cell membranes are considered six cell membranes then by your body, and that increases inflammation. So those that's more chronic inflammation in your body. The more omega-3s you get, the better your blood lipid profile. You know, when you get your uh, information about your triglycerides, the better that is. Usually improves your blood pressure and it keeps your platelets from sticking together as much, which could cause blood clots. So all those are good things. Another thing is that it decreases the overall um, pain in your body. There were several studies done of people who had um, a chronic injury that they had to use over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, and they were pretty much on these all the times, and they have some side effects, and a lot of them were helped just as much by a dosage of uh, fish oil. Uh, I will say that they cut the limit off at twelve hundred milligrams of fish oil. Um, if you're going to, if you want to do more than that, you probably ought to see a doctor and make sure that everything's okay. Um, usually, there's no bad side effects to them, but if you eat way too much, it can cause some gastric distress. So you know you need to check with a doctor for that. But in addition to supplements eating more flax, more chia, um, more fish, more walnuts, um, replacing some of your oil with canola oil, all of these things will increase the amount of omega-3s that you have and will decrease the amount of omega-6s that you have and make that a little bit healthier ratio, and that might just make your fitness a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing, Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.